This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Frank, and with me is my bare naked friend who always crafts his words the way that you, everyone, wish you did, Mark. Hey, hey, Frank, and a very special hi to Leo there, listeners. <laughs> you can always check us out because we know you are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Amazon Music Podcast, uh-huh. and of course, why don't you watch us on YouTube? Just go ahead and do it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing creepy about that at all. No, no. But uh, when you ask, can we they listen to these new episodes or, or watch these handsome mugs on the YouTube? Uh, great question. Uh, thank you for asking. New oh. episodes drop uh, each and every yeah, Friday-ish uh, for your listening and uh, viewing podcast du jour. Ooh. And if you're hearing yeah. us for the first time, congrats, everyone. You're not mad with us. Just wait. Uh, yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We review records track by track. Lots of musical discussions. We do spotlight episodes, which might even include some mysteries in the rock world. We've only scratched the surface. In fact, Mark, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I'm uh, brewing up a controversial uh, episode as we oh, speak. Oh, my, my. As we speak. Oh, oh I, I love a fresh brewed controversy, Frank. <laughs> now, uh, you'll definitely want to check out our verse series where Frank and I duke it out on behalf oh. of two bands or albums. In uh, the name of Total Stereo Domination. Why would you burp through my lovely opera domination? It's the the beer. (laughs) Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Frank's drinking tonight. It should be a wild one. Oh, I'm a wild one. So when you're checking us out, be sure. Uh, to check us out <laughs> on Instagram and our Facebook group. Hopefully these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness and Mark. Well, Hey, it's Mark everyone. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you have a record you want us to check out, of course, uh, mm-hmm. drop a comment while you're at it. Subscribe, like rate review. So I say this Mark, uh-huh. I had intent with mm-hmm. giving you this album. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only is it 30 year anniversary of this debut album, uh, by the Barenaked Ladies, uh, but Gordon is mm-hmm. uh, a mix, almost a mishmash, I love saying that word, of a variety of styles, uh, which can cause some confusion. And I think oh, it certainly is. did. <laughs> I've been listening to this record, Mark, since the late 90s. And even now in 2022, uh, I put 21 in the script, uh, mm-hmm. I'm lost at times as to what to think about it. Uh, and that's why we're here. We're going to try to make sense of it. I can't say we will, but we no, are. We uh, mm-hmm. So, Mark, before I get into the back history, sure. um, you opened up this can and expected something else. Did you not? I guess you could say that uh, short of the, the two singles off of stunt, those being one week and uh, it's all been done. Uh, I, uh, I have no idea what your naked ladies even sounded like. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I didn't uh, in my mind. It was maybe some weird, like uh, imagination of uh, like amalgamation of like Canadian pop rap rock. I, I didn't really know. So when this thing was <laughs> over, um, uh, excuse me, when this thing was all over the place stylistically, I, w- I was just really like, you can tell I was genuinely dumbfounded. Uh, I understand why this album 
has kept you puzzled for so long. The question for me is, why did you keep listening it's it's like when people say they read the bible every day it's like it's not that long of a book just finish it well to answer your question um this is the first listen in a long time and it's for this it's for this episode so i had to do that and with regards to reading uh my retention issues can cause the smallest book just so you know to take forever to read oh me too yeah yeah Yeah, i I have i have this thing that just things don't connect you know (laughs) so mark let's talk about how we arrived at gordon and i'm not talking about alf's real name gordon i'm talking about coach bombay yeah right exactly (laughs) i'm talking about this album uh before the 1998 worldwide hit one week there goes that late 90s again man uh bare naked ladies was formed in 1988 in scarborough ontario canada Mm. they began as a duo Mm. ed robertson and stephen page uh they've known each other since uh grade four as it's stated in canada and we're going to talk about that soon um Uh Now, after having an affinity for Peter Gabriel, they discovered that they had other similar tastes uh, as well. Uh, they, yes. would, they would assume themselves <laughs> by uh, they would amuse themselves by being rock critics and inventing histories, even band names that didn't exist, such as Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, ah. the, duo, the duo would continue to perform and made their first mm. tape in 1989 uh, called Buck Naked. Uh, Page then even invited uh, invited brothers Jim and Andy Cregan to play bass and percussion. And in uh, 1990, they met drummer Tyler Stewart. Now, Andy Cregan went on to be a, a, a foreign exchange student in South Africa, and he returned in 91 and began playing keyboards and some light percussion. Uh, the band's first commercial release in 91 actually was called the yellow tape, which was created for the band's first South by Southwest performance. Uh, it cost them two to 3000 to make, and they sent them into labels, uh, which they all uh, refused Mark. No, <laughs> they began selling though more and more of them on stage via word of mouth. And people began asking for it at record store. So fast forward to 92, the band signs with Sire records and this album, Gordon, uh, of course, again, which makes me think of Alf's real name, uh, was released in July. By August, it was already certified platinum. Uh, that's that, insane. That's insane. The band worked on the album in 10 to 12 day sessions. At night, it would commute home by skiing in the moonlight. Uh, so, Mark, uh, let's pull up our uh, <laughs> let's pull up our pants, trim our nose hairs, <laughs> and uh, take on this challenge. Are are you ready? Uh, yes, but I am not letting you anywhere near me with nose clippers again. But it was such a fun time. <laughs> yeah, well, fun for you. <laughs> also, like skiing home at night by moonlight. Like, come on, that's a Canadian fantasy. That's not real. Is they that didn't this, do that. It's that skiing they're referring to, or they're talking about other skiing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, is there another skiing? I don't. Oh, oh, riding the rails, riding the rails. Oh, pal. yeah. I mean, that explains a lot more. <laughs> Here we go. Track number one, Hello City. It's a jazz opening that starts this tune, which is a lampoon to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, Yeah, these lyrics uh, show how the band really doesn't like it there and prefer to be back home in Toronto. Uh, The middle eight shows dual vocals, Robertson singing lead uh, with this jazzy lounge vibe. Mark, I'm here saying jazzy lounge stuff. Uh, is this Murph and the Magic Tones, or is this really the Bare Naked Ladies? What's going on here? 
I mean, Murph and the Magic Tone have a few things that bare naked ladies don't. Mainly uh, the main man, Triple D, Donald Duck Dunn. Donald Duck Dunn. Uh, that said, uh, I can see these guys in matching red suits with amps covered in thick red and shag playing <laughs> this in a holiday and just north of the border. Uh, <laughs> lyrically, I like a, a little bit of what's doing here. Uh, you can feel the tension towards the city, but there's something of a, a longing to, to like it, like a, a, a want to like it. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was interesting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, track two, Mark, is Enid. Uh-huh. Enid. Mm. Uh, it's a big hit here in Canada. Not here, meaning where we're at, but mm. just in Canada. Uh, inspired by one Enid Eggers, who's a waitress at Spanky's Pub, Mark. We've both oh. been there in New yep. Brunswick, not New Jersey, Canada. Oh. Uh, mm. Very popular, and there's some elements of uh, Paige's Darkness that creeps in, uh, which you know would give away, actually, future records. Uh, but Mark, do you mean you really know each other anyways at the end of the day? Uh, I know a few uh, frozen goods at the local Carvel Creamery that would suggest that we do know each other, Frank. Uh, you know, I'm really surprised this was a, a big hit where, where uh, you are in Canada, Frank. But uh, 92 was a weird year for music, I guess. Uh, this is a very interesting song, especially since uh, you said it's about a waitress in a pub and he's like, he says he's 15 in the song. Uh, was that the drinking age in Canada back then? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I love the darkness that you pointed out. It, it's kind of interesting. There is some interesting darkness to these some of these songs. Right. Um, if you can get under like the pop comedy thing. <laughs> that's like just so thick on the service like a like imagine if you will like a, a chicago deep dish pizza oh and the 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 comedy bullshit is like the cheese and then the crust is like the serious part at the bottom um that's i mean that's like the equivalency here mm. Mm. now i'd like a some chicago deep dish t- pizza <laughs> well mark grade nine or uh-huh. as we say in the states ninth grade uh, I, I do have a Canadian colleague and uh, they said it's actually regional um, mm. in Canada. Some places both are used. So oh, it sounds like and, they're phasing it out, which they should be. Anyway, the nerd rock here is in full force. Uh, in fact, the intro has a ska vibe with the upstrokes on the guitar. Uh, Wrath of Khan, Mark's favorite Duran Duran are all mentioned uh-huh. to further get into the nerdiness. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, the it is kind of bringing a smile to my face, but Mark, what about you in grade nine? And, and, oh yeah, sorry. What about the song? Uh, I think this is the closest to what I was expecting when you told me we were covering a bare naked ladies album. It, it's a joke song, right. right? You, you get this ska vibe throughout uh, the, the brief metal break there somewhere in the middle and what uh, people would expect to be happening in the brain of a, a grade niner. I don't know. Um, <laughs> interesting that the the grade nine experience is is kind of universal in the in the the wackiness of it. You know, for white people. Uh, that said, I'll never listen to this song ever again. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Track four, Brian Wilson. Uh, mm. From you know, from extreme lyrical content uh, to another, we we turn down a serious street here in this tune. Uh, tracking Wilson, tackling Wilson, sorry, battle with depression and mental health issues, uh, mm-hmm. something that Paige would experience years later. A fascinating mm-hmm. line, though, I must 
uh, say is Dr. Landy, tell me you're not just a pedagogue. Uh, Dr. Landy actually treated Brian Wilson during these times and was accused of brainwashing and drugging him along with isolation. Hence the year spent in bed. Uh, the 300 pounds of Wilson is mentioned along with the creative drought in relation to the Beach Boys record, Smiley Smile. I kind of like this song and how it relates to Brian Wilson uh, and what he's going through. Mark, what's your thoughts on Brian Wilson here? I really like the the first verse. I think that the pages singing and uh, acoustic guitar work so well together. Um, it's just when that that pop beat comes in behind it, I start to, to just like put my hands up and kind of back away. Yeah, it had um, you, and then it went boom. Yeah, it's just like oh, we're gonna do all this shit that's just absolutely unnecessary. It would have been nice to see them keep this one serious to an extent rather than this like faux Calypso rock thing that they chose to do. Otherwise, I agree with you. I, I, your assessment of these lyrics, really interesting look at, at depression, comparing it to, you know, one of pop music's most prolific writers. Right. Uh, it, it's really compelling. Uh, it's just that the music is an absolute turnoff. I, I just, um, you know, wish they hadn't done that. Right. Speaking of songs I wish they hadn't done, yeah, well, track five, we go, be, be my Yoko Ono. So we go from the Beach Boys to the Beatles, specifically uh-huh. John and Yoko. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the band's first single, which describes the attachment of Yoko to John or whomever the singer is singing to. Paige even defends Yoko on the general claim that, uh, you know, she broke up the Beatles. It's fun uh, coming from the more serious Brian Wilson. Uh, Mark, will you be my Yoko Ono? Frank, I believe uh, you know that there's a local Carvel Creamery uh, with some frozen goods that uh, tells you that I already am. And just like me, the bare naked ladies aren't above a good song, <laughs> uh, as this song points out, and and basically just is one long running pun. It's clever. It's uh, in a punny, stupid fucking way. Uh, punny, punny, punny. Make it a, a good song. So. <laughs> Puns could only take you so far, right? That's true. <laughs> well, track six, wrap your arms around me. Uh, Robertson's on the lead here uh, with a strict focus on the harmonies. Uh, this folk ditty gets a little dark with the I put my arms around your neck. The soft horns, listen, I could have done without uh, as far because that went really from like pop folk to adult contemporary. The horns just totally took that over the edge. Uh, this song, I have to be honest with you, I didn't pay much attention to 20 something years ago when I first listened to this on CD. Uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting that I could do without uh, the horn here. Um, Mark, are you, are you wrapping your arms around this song? Uh, no. So other than the fact that this song is uh, absolutely twice as long as it needs to be, this, this, maybe yes, maybe this is my favorite song. <laughs> but again, if they cut the fucking thing in half, the heartache and the longing to make up with a lost partner, it feels genuine, even in the knowledge that, that he absolutely should not get back together with this person. Uh, I'm with you about the horns. Oh, but only I don't get the horns at all, man. In that this song should have been two and a half minutes and it goes on for four and a half. You cut those last two minutes off and uh, you lose the horns because... They don't even come in until the song's fucking over to an It's ah, there you go. Sentiment taken. Track <laughs> mm-hmm. seven. What a good boy. Uh, oh, pages on. Yeah, you're welcome. On lead vocals here talks about when kids are born, both boys and girls and the pressures and expectations that come with being perfect. Uh, I do like the harmony on the tune and the buildup. Uh but there's no edge. So I would have liked some sort of edge here with guitars. It's funny 
because Paige is the main singer, but sometimes I like the other singer, Robertson's voice, um, because it fully just doesn't go full range pop. Um, that's my opinion. Mark? Uh, honestly, I've always found this dude's voice and, and singing style super annoying. That said, I can't tell the two of them apart. Uh, it's like how you don't like the way soul singers do those high trilly things. Yeah, 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 I always yeah. feel like his voice is just just constantly slightly getting higher in pitch over and over and over. I could see that. With each line totally verse, it, it drives me fucking nuts. Uh, I get that. Uh, it's about, you know, the burden of the expectations people put on you at birth and, you know, the crosses we choose to carry. But I found this song just super uninteresting. No edge. No edge yeah, at nothing. all. I mean, like... I, Seven tracks in, I, I there has there's nearly an edge to be found. <laughs> there you so. go. Well, track eight, Mark, the king of bedside manner. Uh, oh. and, and here's where the album throws me for a loop. Uh, mm-hmm. like we get this, I don't know, folky punky bit, uh, because it's strum fast about a king of bedside manner and the playboy lifestyle. I'm assuming the trading vocals really give the song distinction, but then the band adds a sticks reference with Mr. Roboto. Um, at points, I thought I was watching a Looney Tunes cartoon because I had all like the peel out sound effects on mm-hmm. here. Um, Mark, are I guess are you the Tom Jones next door? You know, I'm more of the Chuck Jones. Next door. <laughs> uh, Jones <laughs> man, when did they add all the Foley department to the band with all these cartoon <laughs> boings tucked in here? So fucking annoying. Boing. Um, I, I really hate this song. It feels like they pulled this out of Weird Al's trash can. Um, I really <laughs> starting to feel like this was the band's uh, grade nine alter ego, just lame as fuck. Ninth grade. Yes, there you go. <laughs> well, Mark, nine, mm-hmm. uh, track nine, box set. Mm-hmm. Uh, more wow. jazz tunes as we uh, trip through an artist's discography in uh, box set. Uh, the musician here has a new public image from a hit and is now describing their path via the compilation of their work. Oddly enough, years later, the band would go through this when one week would become uh, a hit in the late 90s. There's that time period again. Uh, Mark, I guess, what's in your box set? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just a bunch of motorhead bootlegs, honestly. I figured, uh, too. I figured it would be. Yeah, which I'd, I'd much rather be listening to than this song. It's just really irritating. The smooth jazz sound is fine enough. Frank finishes beer, but these <laughs> tongue in cheek puns and harmonies feel like just so contrived and outright silly that I have no interest uh, in wanting to take any of the subtext seriously. Sure. Artists put out bloated box sets all the times as cash grabs and that's shallow and lame, but so is this fucking song. Uh, why on earth is this song nearly five minutes long also? Cause my God, is this album just too fucking long? I can't stand it. I was just thinking as I was down in the beer too, how we always play, mm-hmm. like how I always say you can play the cliche game with Bon Jovi songs. You can almost play the pun game with these songs oh and have God. that be a drinking game. And and mm-hmm. probably you'll get really drunk. So <laughs> or track 10, I love you. You know, mm-hmm. I love you, Mark, but the song is called I love you. Uh, oh. Very silly song. And Mark, you know, adding food to a song is going to disqualify it for me right away mm-hmm. uh, however a song like this is what i think about when i think of the bare naked ladies which maybe is what you were thinking about as well if you take away the jazz i don't know mark what, what's up with the song here 
Yeah, I'm really hating the, like the comedy lounge band act thing that they're doing. I, I was expecting some witty lines to be, uh, but to say I was expecting anything that was actually on this album is just a gross overstatement. This record just absolutely fucking stinks. <laughs> That's not even Mark's final words, everybody. No. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I can't believe this. This is. I just. We're gonna get there. If you go on Spotify, and I don't trust Spotify's top albums, right? I don't know. What I, I agree with you. I together. have no idea how that works. How this makes their top five is absolutely out of my fucking mind. This thing, like, who is going, like, I know that you and I just went through this, but that's because you're punishing me for something I did. Yes. No idea who's actually listening to this record. It could, it could be backlash for the typo negative. I don't know. <laughs> okay. could be. That's right. <laughs> well, Jack 11, new kid. And then in quotations or in brackets, I'm sorry, on the block. Uh, yes, folks out there, a song about the new kids on the block uh, from their faces in every store to not singing the songs written to not being able to grow up. Young girls scream and boys mock. It's about that famed Boston boy band. Uh, it's a simple song musically and funny. I'm not sure if it advances the record. I think it just adds more confusion. Uh, Mark, who is your favorite new kid on the block? I only know that I don't like the Wahlbergs. Um, there you go. <laughs> and, and otherwise, I couldn't name any of the kids from the block. So, mm. uh, yeah, uh, I don't know that this is a, a folk song either. I, I don't know what the fuck this is. I think it's just a bad pop song with an acoustic guitar. That's not right. Uh, it's a terrible pop song with bad guitars. It's so clever about pointing out like the absurdity of pop music. But again, it feels equally as shallow. And I guess they're going to say like, oh, we did that on purpose. But like, I don't know. You're supposed to have something reflect back when you point these things out and it's not working. Maybe that was the point. But I, honestly, I, I just feel like uh, I'm just suffering from bare naked lady fatigue at this point. God, the <laughs> album is so long. <laughs> well, track 12 and we're still a couple more tracks away. Uh, yes, Mark, you can blame this one on me. Uh, surprise, we go from New Kids on a Block to a Millie Vanilli reference, which again, I guess mm -hmm. shows the comedic side of the band. Uh, it's another loungy, laid back tune. The harmonies mm -hmm. are there, but I feel like songs like this belong on uh, another EP that's more cohesive. And this is probably like the second or third time ever that I'm listening to this song. Uh, so again, Mark, are you ready to blame me for this episode yet? Uh, I'm blaming this on the bare naked ladies. But there you don't go. you yeah. worry. I, I feel like if they had turned this into a <laughs> rock song, like it might've actually been a decent song, but this lounge act thing just has been beaten to death on this record by this point. And it sounds like nails on a chalkboard for me. Again, I, I just don't understand who this music is for stylistically. I don't know who, who picked this up and was like, yes, that's what I'm looking for in music. I, I'm all for taking chances, but we're, we're well past taking chances here and just scraping the bottom of a dead horse here. I, I, I hate it. Well, speaking of tracks that, uh -huh. that are hated track 13 the flag it's another oh. dark tune that uses a racing flag as its subject for content uh the first half i didn't think was bad but then i got lost at the end and i wanted it to end uh mark your your song your thoughts on the song so I, I think the subject of this song is domestic violence and the flag is a metaphor for it being over a relationship uh about to 
violence. Uh, I'm with you that it's it's not a bad song up until the there goes a verse where like every line is just there goes this, there goes that, there goes that. It drove me absolutely insane. Uh, I just feel like they didn't know how to end this song. So they came up with like, just how many cliches can we throw at this piece of shit uh, before it ends? Another yeah. song that should have been stopped well before the two minute mark. Yeah. Well, track 14, if I had a million dollars, this is the band's most popular, one of the most popular tunes in the frequent uh, show closer. It's a silly tale with the vocals trading off from Robertson and Page. Uh, it's cute with the parlay back and forth from horses, emus, Picasso's, tree fort, and craft dinner, uh, which our friends to the north, I'm told, really like. Uh, my wife going to high school in Canada says that this uh, was played frequently in the boarding school dorms. Yes, folks, boarding school. That's another episode topic. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark, so if you had a million dollars, would you buy any of these things? Because I can tell you right now I wouldn't. So, Yeah. Other than your love, Frank, um, the rest of this is just junk. Um, who the fuck is this song for? Schoolgirls? Yeah, right. yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it, especially after the serious nature of the, of the previous song. This cute little ditty just feels like weird and childish. Um, like, hey, here's a song uh, for people who survived being beaten by their spouse. And this one's about childish views of how love works. Uh, it's just so off-putting to me. I, I, I'm so lost about this. Who, who or what this record is for? Yeah, well, and that's not even the closer uh, because there's another track called Crazy. And in this closer, you can almost hear Robertson and what he's uh, going to be doing for future hit songs with the lyrics and the delivery style. Um, I, I guess it's a folky, faster pace song, which I guess isn't bad. But w- was this even needed after uh, if I had a million dollars, Mark? I mean, uh, you know, nothing says the album's over <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> every, like every cliche about being crazy in love, Frank. Uh, we're we're back in the the ninth grade, as you like to say here with these lyrics. Uh, and of course, there's the the fact that this song is uh, over at two and a half minute, but stretches uh, on for no good fucking reason. For you guessed it, another full two minutes <laughs> of noodling around and just stealing minutes from my life that I literally just can't ever get back. Um, God, that thing sucked. There you go, Mark. Well, yeah. thankfully, the good news is that now the album is over. <sighs> and and Mark, you could hit me with those final thoughts of yours, those famous, sure. famous, famous final thoughts of yours. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think if... I were in the ninth grade and this came out uh, and and I wasn't listening to Black Sabbath. I would have found this more enjoyable. I feel like this is probably a record for ninth graders in 1992. But honestly, I I hate this record. I don't know if you guys have noticed that yet. Uh, I want (laughs) to be serious. uh, Excuse me. It wants to be serious and it wants to be silly. Literally at the same time, uh, only committing to the lounge act vibe. It just makes me wish I was watching the Blues Brothers and not listening to this jokey faux jazz pop thing that apparently was the only thing happening in Canada at the time because there's no other way of explaining how this turd of a record did so well. Uh, It has a few moments of interesting lyrics, but I found it uh, overall the music to be either annoying or just completely lackluster. 
Um, I wrote two out of 10. I think I got to go lower. I, I, I think I got to go like one and a half out of 10. Ooh. I'd rather listen to that new Foo Fighters album over this. For me, uh, on this one, uh, but I, I'd like to add, if you want to hear uh, a band blend, uh, a style of jazz with something that resembles rock and roll, listen to the Mad Caddies beautifully blend Dixieland jazz and skate punk uh, like they were meant to be together always. Frank? Uh, you mentioned Foo Fighters, so would you take Dr. Feelgood or would you take this album? Oh, Dr. Feelgood. Oh, yeah. I know one listener that's going to be happy for that response. <laughs> I mean, you know what, though? He's going to be like, how dare you hate the bare naked ladies? You're a monster. And I'm going to be like, uh-huh. whatever. Uh, well, this album gives me internal conflict. And it's hard to express or put in words, but I'm going to try my best. First of all, this record's all over the place stylistically. Uh, I would love typically variety on an album, but it has to eventually make some sense. I feel like Gordon tries but never achieves that. Uh, there's common themes musically here with jazz tunes, pop rock tunes, folky tunes, but the continue continuity, I'm sorry, of them um, and how they're used as blocks to create an album is what gets me. I think there are some really fine examples of songwriting, like the Brian Wilson tune, although Paige, they say, has a superior voice. I'm actually like Robertson's more. The harmonies, I do enjoy because I do like harmonies in general. And I appreciate the percussion and the bass playing, uh, the dark threaded lyrics into lighthearted music. You know, I'm also a fan of. However, three of the five songs I could I could do without or even have them broken up into smaller EPs to make a proper debut. I've had a lower my score, too. Uh, so to me, it's like a four out of ten. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't think any of those songs qualify as folk by the way i think it's just them with an acoustic guitar and there's so little else going on that it's it's hard to pinpoint it any other way Mm, i don't know i might challenge you on that because i think there's a pop folk element but like true folk true folk i agree but i i think there's a maybe a pop folk side to it though some of those tunes I tell you all the time, I always try to find something good uh, about a record. Even if I don't like it. And, you know, the best thing about this album for me is, is just how forgettable it is. There you go. And, and I'm just looking forward to never listening to it again. That's and that's the beauty about what we do, my friend. It sure is. <laughs> Well, so so the game we're playing is interesting because I'm not going to, and I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but it's really hard Yahtzee. to find. Yeah, right. Exactly. In-depth uh, trivia on Canadian rock and roll, right? And a lot of them we already know. So we already know the bands that are rock mm. and roll. So I had to take it a step further. And what I'm going to do, Mark, is just list a couple of celebrities here. And mm-hmm. you're going to let me know if they're American or Canadian. Simple as that. Oh, sure. So are you ready? Hey. You're bo- hey, you're born ready. <laughs> All right. Yahtzee. Yeah, Yahtzee. So uh, the actress, Sandra O, oh, is she American or Canadian? Uh, what? Who's Sandra? Oh, I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, okay. So let's go with people that you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just for for uh shits and giggles Canadian, and she is. So good job, yes. Mark. I know that. Keanu Reeves is he American or Canadian? Uh, I feel like he's Canadian. He's just so nice. You're right. Yeah. Now I'm gonna take it a step further. What's your favorite thing that Keanu Reeves has ever done? Uh, well, I did have that dream one time where I sat <laughs> next to Keanu Reeves on a park bench. I thought he was really good in that. 
There you go. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not a big John Wick guy. I know everybody loves John Wick. I I just think it's like I it's just Keanu Reeves now. Like he's just being himself. Uh, so it's probably it's either Bill and Ted or The Matrix. Mm. Like the first Bill and Ted or The Matrix. Uh, the, and when you say Matrix, you're kind of like first Matrix. Oh, I also too. mean just the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good. 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 <laughs> Me too. Okay. What was the right answer? Yeah. Uh, he's Canadian. <laughs> oh no, I meant movie. But okay. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> All right. Uh, friend star Matthew Perry. Mark, is he Canadian or is he American? I'm, he's such a terrible looking person. And I, I mean, like, I don't mean that he's ugly. I mean, he just looks like he's a terrible person. He's American. So it's one of those weird ones because he's both because he was born in Massachusetts, uh, but uh, raised in Canada. So that makes him American. Yeah, that makes him yeah. American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. You're funny. You're funny. This is an easy one, Mark. I know you're going to know. Is Ryan Reynolds American or Canadian? Uh, Canada can keep him. <laughs> and what's your what's what's the uh, what's your favorite thing that Ryan Reynolds has ever done? Um, uh, Van Wilder. I don't know. He's always been Ryan Reynolds in everything. Like he's never been an actor. <laughs> right. He plays himself. So I. There you go. There you yeah. go. Okay. We'll take Van Wilder. Yeah. I did. I also, I should say, so that people can learn to hate me more. I don't think Deadpool's a good movie. That, and that's the or first. We're an interesting that, character. The first and the second one. Yeah. Either. Yeah, either. I haven't either. seen the second one. So I'm just going to take your word on it. I don't think I've seen the second one either. So <laughs> I was just equating it to the first one. Okay. Mark, is Jim Carrey American or Canadian? Ah, Jim Carrey is Canadian. That's right. And That's what's right. what is your favorite acting performance by Jim Carrey? Uh, you know what? It, it's always going to be Fire Marshal Bill. Ah. Yeah, it's always going to be Fire Marshal Bill. I'm going to make a suggestion of everyone. If anybody has ever heard of or seen a movie called The Prestige. And uh, that is, it's a serious film uh, and he acts seriously in it. Mm -hmm. uh, it came out, I think like in 2004 and he really does well in that movie. So uh, I also like him in the, the Andy Kaufman. Oh uh, yeah. Man, uh, man, man on, the, on the, moon. the moon, man on the moon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a documentary about him uh, preparing to play that role and what a fucking monster he was. Yes. By actually becoming Andy Kaufman. Pretty interesting to watch. And uh, people well, just learn to hate him. What was Kauf, uh, Kaufman's alter ego? Tony Clifton, how he would yeah. do that too. <laughs> he did the full McGilla. Full McGilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, is Seth Rogen Canadian or American? Ooh. Um, I, I want to guess American. Is he American? Well, currently he's dual, but he was born in Vancouver. Ah, that would make him Canadian. Yeah. And, ah. and, and what uh, what has he done that to like is your favorite or do you have a favorite thing that he's done i mean i know he was in fear factor and i know he's got that podcast but honestly i i have no idea that he was in anything else there you go <laughs> i always <laughs> wonder why he's famous i i have no idea like, i think I christmas was all those movies with steve corral and and paul rudd and all that right was he in those i don't even remember uh, maybe maybe oh uh, okay all right here's a I don't know if this is going to be tough or not, but it's just, it's on the list. Is Elon Musk Canadian um, or American? I feel like he's weird Canadian. <laughs> so uh, he's originally from South Africa, but oh, he moved from South yeah. Africa to Canada 
okay. and Queen's University, and actually he holds citizenship in South Africa, Canada, and the U.S. So, all right, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's paying taxes here, so who cares? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, interesting guy. That's all I got to say. Sure. Um, the actor Ryan Gosling is he Canadian or American? Ryan. I mean, it sounds like a Canadian name. Um, I, I just know it. that he. He he was married to someone else famous. I have no idea. That's another person. I have no understanding of why they're famous. Uh, I'm going to say Canadian. You're right. He is. Yeah. There you go. What and a he's, Canadian name. He's married to Eva Mendez, the actress. Oh, it, Ava Mendez. Ava. Sorry, did I say Eva? I don't know what she's famous for either. There you go. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what she's famous for either. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mark. Last one. Ooh. Michael Bublé. Oh, oh. Um, I once heard uh, or saw him on Regis and Kelly where yeah. he admitted to getting a hand job. At, <laughs> yes, uh, I remember that episode. At a massage parlor. Yes. Um, I mean, that feels like an American thing to say, but I'm going to guess he's Canadian. He is. Yeah. Good job, pal. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. Whatever his uh, Christmas songs come on, Theana, my youngest, can't stand him for some reason. So uh, she, goes, she goes wild. She's like, I can't stand him. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark. Well, that's that's that. Um, I would love to know, even though I know already, what do you have in store for me next week? Yeah, well, uh, listeners of this old uh, show here, know what big fans uh, of the better looking Elvis uh, you and I are. <laughs> I am speaking, of course, of Mr. Costello. Yes. Uh, his 32nd and latest studio Ooh. album, Ooh. A Boy Named If, released uh, just a week before the release of this podcast. Uh, our first new album of the new year, Frank. Uh, you wow. you ready to get down with The Boy Named If? Absolutely. You know, it's funny uh, because we're such huge huge fans and we've never covered him on an episode and what fitting way to do it than his latest album which gives us a real good excuse to sit and dive into it and listen to it and i'm so anxious to do so uh, i'm ready i'm ready mark sounds like fun i can't wait for this new year new season this new record uh, thank you everyone for listening out there you know mm-hmm. i want you i want you to make sure you like subscribe rate review and of course, as everyone knows, be safe out there. That's right. You know, uh, Frank and I love it when you make it to the end of the bottle. I mean, episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, makes me feel all dressed uh, and, and manly and not bare naked or a lady. Uh, Ooh, but hey, hey. Uh, I'm watching Ooh. the detectives. So uh, yes. you say it with me. Oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye. Ooh. It's been one week since I listened to that song. Mm-hmm. Fuck the band, I'll never go back. Keep me in the band, the band, the band. It's me and Grey Down, baby. It's me and Grey Down. <laughs> we just made a country all of a sudden. <laughs> what a trash album. Ah. And what's Gordon about, anyways? Do they, do they mention Gordon? Who the fuck is Gordon? I still think it's about Alf. Uh, I mean, <laughs> an ALF concept album would be more interesting. <laughs>